to Stories of the Dark. I am your host, Glenn Clark, and in this edition, we're going to be, uh, I'm going to be playing for you the uh, tours that uh, myself and Black Circle Girl and I took on January 26th. We went out to Calico Ghost Town and uh, did the Maggie Mine tour as well as the Schoolhouse tour. We did it once before a couple of months ago, but we wanted to go back and and uh, re-experience it and take some more pictures and uh, try to get some EVPs, but that didn't quite work out the way we thought. I did catch one picture that I will post uh, on my Twitter. Um, in fact, while I was taking the picture, I happened to look above my the phone I was taking the picture on and saw a like a black figure move from one end of the mine to the other. Um, and in the photo, when, when you see it, you'll see like a, like a white streak, almost like a, an orb. And it's, um, it doesn't look like it was dust or anything like that. So, uh, I thought it was worthy to, uh, post and have you all look at it. And, uh, I know I haven't been on the air for a while. Um, work and stuff have kept us both busy but we are working on uh, different projects uh, we're looking to do some uh, some uh, paranormal investigations um, I'm uh, in touch with a couple of different uh, projects trying to get permission to do those so uh, that'll be uh, in a future show possibly to see what uh, what the answer is I get from those um, also uh, you can, uh, I have uh, exclusive members-only content on uh, my Patreon account. Uh, that's at patreon.com slash storiesofthedark. Uh, also on Buy Me A Coffee, that's at buymeacoffee.com slash storiesofthedark as well. Uh, we'll also have links posted on the, uh, in the links section of the uh, video so you can look at those and and uh, thank you to uh, my over 500 followers now on Twitter. I really appreciate that. Uh, also appreciate all the uh, Lyft and Uber customers that I've had that have expressed in interest in the program. And uh, uh, I, again, I appreciate your support. So right now we're going to start with the uh, Maggie Mind Tour. I'm going to bring you that audio in its entirety. Our tour guides that night were Patty and LT, and they're also, uh, they also shared several uh, good uh, ghost stories that I hope you all enjoy. So I'll bring you that, and then I'll come back, and we'll uh, play the Schoolhouse uh, tour as well. I'm Glenn Clark, and this is Stories of the Dark. Front desk, watch the corner down there. Oh, they have beanies here, yeah. Okay, everybody, scoot up by this uh, uh, door over here behind you. Just kind of reach up there. Okay. 
Sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you're going to look great in that black light in there. Yeah. Matt, did you need one? Yeah, right in here. It shows. It, sorry, my back. Sorry. It shows off our, our uh, rocks in here that have got different minerals and things. Why, yeah. well, thank you. He's by himself, so you know. Yeah, keep them in line back there. Everybody got a flashlight. Okay. First things first, we want you to take. Oh, hi, Richard. We want you to take as many pictures as you possibly can. When we come out, we're gonna have two people just keep on taking pictures. Uh, you always catch something in it. We have, um, we have boards, which are perfectly round. We also have the, the orbs that move, and it's this streak of, of white that goes like up here to here or over. And bugs, it can't be a bug, because your, your thing goes so quick, it has to already be there for the picture to be taken. So those are really neat things in the pictures. What we need you to do if you're using your phone is to turn down your volume. And um, if you're going to be taking a, a picture with your flash, just make sure that um, everybody knows you're flashing. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm kidding. Everybody knows you're going to be flashing your life, camera life. Ooh. That was close. Okay, I gotta turn mine down too. Your ringtone can go down to vibrate as well as your uh, um, your game so they don't start playing. <laughs> okay, so we got that all taken care of. Now, if you're going to be um, taking or using your flash, we need you to let everybody know that you're going to be doing this so that it doesn't blind the, the different people behind the curtains to each other. Another thing with the flashlight, um, a lot of people just, you know, whoop, and they look up here and whoop, down there, and there's a person standing here, and they get blinded. So if you're going to just turn your light off and look up and then down, or you just put your hand on it, then you can look up. It's really, and when you're walking this way, it does tend to get people in the eye, too, when you're talking. So be very careful with that also, because it's really dark. Okay, I'm going to tell you your first ghost story of the night. Are you ready? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, this here is uh, a tour. People come in all day and they take um, uh, self-guiding tours through the mine, and it lets off at the at the other end. And um, at night, at five o'clock, the person that's in here, they 
closed, you can lock that door, that door, and make sure this door over here is locked from the inside. That means nobody, not even the boss, can get in. And then she takes care of all the, all the details and makes sure that everything is in its place. Puts her stuff here, and then she goes in the back. Now, she goes in the back so she can make sure nobody is in here, or in there, and that um, there's no trash or anything. So, this one night, uh, she came walking out here after she was inside the mine, and uh, she realized that something was different. And she picked up her stuff and she went to go. And if you turn around and look on that shelf, you see those t-shirts yeah. that are in the, the little, well, there was like three of them right here in the middle of the floor. She had no idea. She said she had goosebumps and hair stand up from one end to the other. She said that she grabbed her stuff she hit that door and was down in the in the main street within seconds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, she was just told me the next morning, and she says, "I hope those spirits put away those t-shirts." Of course, she got up here and they were still on the floor. <laughs> but the reason I tell you that is because when um, Elsie and I come in here to um, get everything ready for the tour, I make sure everything is in its place. And I can't tell you how many times over the past almost eight years that we've been doing the tours, people come in and say, hey, there's a t-shirt on the floor, or there's a helmet over here. Well, I just nonchalantly go over and pick it up, and I hand it to them, and I say, would you put that over there for me? And of course, you know, they go over and put it there, and then I tell them the story. <laughs> it never fails. They always go, oh, and you had me touch that? No way, no way. <laughs> go ahead, LT. All right, tell you guys how to uh, proceed ghost here. Um, you may actually hear something associated with the ghost, uh, clicking, cracking, moaning, something inside the mine. Also, uh, they like to reach out and touch, especially the ladies. The girls, if they touch you, just shoo them away. They're just going to be quiet and break. Also, um, you might uh, see something like a foggy figure or a shadow figure or full apparition, okay? If you see something or you think you see something, just whip up your camera and say, I'm taking a picture. Boom. All right. Also, uh, if you think they're touching you from behind, do a selfie. Hmm. You might get them like that, too. Or we might get your, uh, your husband or your best friend. <laughs> 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 yeah, they're, they're nice ghosts. Hey guys, we are going around the corner here. I want to show you some things before we go in. One thing that I've noticed is that this is not a haunted ghost town. This is an occupied town. They're very good. They, they're here because they want to. Yeah, just push on down here, guys. You're coming around the other side, too. Okay. Uh, I've got drills up here on the wall, and I've got a drill hammer. Now, all the mines in this area are hard rock. That means they drill holes in the rock, uh, put the dynamite in, and blast the tunnel through. Now, in the early days, they did it all by hand. One guy would hold a drill. Another guy would take a big sledgehammer, hit it, turn it, hit it, turn it, hit it, turn it, until they had the hole through. A lot of labor right there. Um, <clears throat> Then in the late 1880s, they brought up the air hammers, the air compressors, and the steam engines, all right? And uh, these were brand new. And the problem with brand new stuff like that is that they don't work very well sometimes. And once in a great while, they would just explode, either castrating the guy or killing the guy outright using it. 
That's why they call these things the Widowmaker. Always better to be the guy picking up rocks than using one of those. Now, if you look up here in the cabinet, uh, there's a 20-mule chain wagon, right? Now, these are not small wagons. The wagon in the rear is a water wagon. Now, on the way out, I'm going to show you a water wagon we had attached to one of our 20-mule chain wagons. Uh, the wagons themselves are pretty big wagons. The wheels, the rear wheel was eight feet tall. The front wheel on this one is four feet. That's because these ran through Death Valley nice and smooth and flat and easy. When they brought them out here, our roads were so terrible that they kept breaking front axles and front wheels, so they put a six-foot wheel on there, and that took care of the problem. Now, the wagons themselves are 16 feet long, uh, four feet high, four feet wide, and they held 32,000 pounds of ore, or 16 tons. That's a lot of weight right there. The 20 mules, they made 20 miles a day, no matter how cold it was on the outside or how hot, always 20 miles. These are like the big rigs of their time. Okay, everybody just kind of come around. You can come around this way. Right, partner, you are my button. You can come around this way. You and your family. I've got an ore car here. Um, that man pushing the ore car, but I can't see it. Well, That's a little bit. Or they cannot push this thing around. That's okay. Keep going, Scoot boys. Go up there by LT. He won't. He won't throw something at you. <laughs> it is blood. On my last one, somebody pushed the blue button. Now somebody spray painted this silver. It's not really this color. Silver is black because it always tarnishes. So I'm going to pass this around. Heavy, don't drop it on your toes, guys. Oh, yeah, it is heavy. Well, she just picked that right up. Right here. Okay, Patty's got some pictures here. She's going to show you some things before we get started. Come up this way so you can see my hand. Okay, this is what Calico looked like in 1890. This is when it was a moving little town. And up here's the schoolhouse that's at the top of our hill. And then here's the main street that you walk down. Over here is where you parked your cars. Now right here, this building just got um, re, um, refurbished. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> just got refurbished. And uh, it is 
the only wooden structure that has survived time since 1884, when it was built. Now, rumors have it that these little bitty buildings right here and a lot of buildings over this way are the plaza. And we're thinking, I'm thinking, that this is a deposit where the madam lived. And that's where, well, you know, that's the parlor. <laughs> and then, then you come down here and you'll see that in 1940, the town looked a little bit better. Right here is that building still standing. Over here is Lucy Lane's house. That's where they moved in. Uh, in 1920, her and her husband, but this was the store that they lived at. This is still, these two are still in the town. Um, this is the Lane General Store. His name was John Lane. And this is where they lived. Now over here, this is the saloon. Well, it wasn't a saloon back in the day. It was a um, pharmacy. But when Walter Knox came in, he made that the only saloon that was in here. I'll, I'll tell you a little bit more about the saloons later. Right over here, uh, we believe, is Joe's Saloon. And then right beside it, I think that's the print shop. Because we know the print shop was up here, too. But uh, beside it up here, where that little truck-like thing is, that's the Zinden building. That's where Walter Knox, when he came here to show his uh, son what the town looked like, he went there to buy 500 acres of calico, and that's when he started building it. The, the story with Walter Knox is that his uncle John is the one that owns the Silver King Mines up here, and that's his uncle by marriage. So he kind of grew up here, went back and forth, brought his family up here, and down here went to Knox Berry Farm and built that. And you know there's things, if anybody's been to Knox Berry Farm, there's a calico part of calico family. And um, so when he came here, he started, started, started building this. Here is the general store. This is Lucy Lane standing right here. Now Lucy Lane came here when she was about 10 or 11 years old with her, with her kin. And um, she grew up off and on here in Calico. That's why she's such a big deal because she um, married John and they, this here is in 1894. She got married when she was eight, uh, 18. He asked her when she was 16. She said that she didn't want him to be called a cradle snatcher. <laughs> <laughs> so she waited until she was 18. And then they got married. And um, uh, she passed away in uh, 67. And uh, she was 90 two years old, she lived here off and on her whole life. So that's why she's so important. And a lot of people seem to walk in the streets. I've seen them twice and felt her in her house. So we're going to go on inside the mine right now. If you have any questions, just let us know. All right, here we um, go. Let me get through. I get to get the joy of doing this. So y'all better come out. <laughs>
Okay, everybody that is short, move up front. That's okay. So we can get the short ones can get eaten first. <laughs> All right. Uh, if you guys, this is uh, mine right here. If you turn your flashlights on, we'll take a look, quick look at this uh, rock entrance tunnel. You can touch it. It's okay. Uh, this is granite-like rock. Wasn't always like this. At one time, this was all sand. When we had our volcanic upheaval up here, it superheated the sand, mixed with water and mud, and then the, about a million years later, turned it into rock. There you go. This is called a dike. It is a shelf of rock. It goes all the way up into that big red mountain I was talking about earlier. Problem with these is there's nothing in here of any significance. Uh, no silver, no gold. And, and, but the closer we get to the mountain, you're going to see color changes and the, and the metals are going to start popping out at you. All right. Sophia, let's head up this way. Wait, can I go ask Sophia? No, you don't have to do that. Sophia, did you get taken? <laughs> yeah. Sophia, go back there. All right. Go with him in Okay, now everybody is going to see this, I promise you. This is the original entrance into the mine. They found silver on top, they dug straight down, and they hauled everything out with buckets and wow. uh, manpower, mule power, whatever power, and until they finally cut out the entrance that we just walked into, and they put the rails on the ground and got an ore car and hauled everything in and out that way. Okay, everybody is going to see this as well. Uh, got a fella in here with one of these air hammers. Now, this is called a prospect hole. None of these tunnels are here by accident. Uh, they follow veins of ore in the rock. Uh, and veins start way down below your feet where the molten rock is. Molten rock is the heaviest stuff in the world. Everything else sets on top of it. Lead, gold, silver, copper. As it's pushed up to the surface, cracks the ground, pours this stuff into cracks, and a million years later when man's looking for it, he'll follow these cracks till they disappear. Okay, now that's what happened here. So they flipped a coin, went in this way about 15, 20 feet, didn't find anything, then they went this way. And that's the way we're going. Short ones. Get up here. Come on, Johnny. What's her name? 
talk a little bit about the people that worked in the mine, the miners. Uh, they all came from different countries, uh, Ireland. Oh well, that's how America was made back then. You came from a different country, started your new life here. Um, the guys that came from uh, Ireland and Wales and England, they've been mining in those countries a couple hundred years before they even came to America. And those were the guys that they were looking for, the uh, guys who knew what they were doing, right? and they paid them a little bit more. Now, those folks brought some superstitions with them. One of them was called a Tommyknocker. Little green guy ran around, caused all kinds of problems, but the miners also believed Tommyknockers helped them. As you get further east toward, towards New York, the ground is soft, so you have to put um, timbers to hold up the ceilings and walls so they don't cave in on you. And occasionally, miners will hear tapping, along the timber, and they thought that was the Tommyknocker warning them something bad was gonna happen. Man, if they didn't check that timber about 50% of the time, that thing would cave in right there. Now, these guys also had these lunch boxes. So they would um, eat their lunch, save a little crust of bread, little piece of meat, make a little pile here on the floor, and that was a tribute to the Tommyknockers. They would go home, come back, and their pile of food would be gone, but it wasn't uh, Tommyknockers eating this, it was rats. Big, <laughs> big rats. Now, if you guys see some rats, come running out of here, heading towards the front door. Always follow the rats, they have a great nose, they can smell the gas that you can, and they know when there's gonna be a cave-in or a flood or something, so always follow the rats. Well, you're gonna wanna follow me, because I'm gonna be right on their tails. I'm first in line, first in line, nobody push me out of the way. Ooh. Well, sometimes when we do have rats running through here, they do like to stop and have a small snack on Let me show you something here. I've got this thing. It's, uh, the blacksmith made it, it's got a point, it's got a hook, it's got a candle. You take it, hook it to your hat, and all of a sudden you've got instant light, right? Now, the reason that the miners wore lights on their head and hats is because they had to carry in their tool. And you can't work with a lantern in your hand, right? Okay, now we're going to pretend we're going to start a new tunnel right here. So I'll take my Tommy sticker and my imaginary hammer and pounded into the wall here. Ah, that's good. Take my... Now, everybody, if you would, just turn your lights off. All lights off. Now, behind your eyes, you have purple rods. Purple rods help you see in the dark. Uh, the miners, they went to work before the sun came up and went home after the sun went down. So their purple rods, their eyes were really good in the dark. Uh, this little bit of light right here was like daylight to them. Now what we'll do is we'll drill a nice nine hole pattern here. We want nine holes because we want the entrance nice and big so the ore cars can swing in and out with no problem. Uh, then, at, well, we're going to drill the holes probably about two, a little over two feet deep, and then we take a, a rod, a wooden rod with a spoon on it, and drag out all the dust and stuff. And we take dynamite, 
and fuses and blasting caps and we tap that into the back of the hole. We run the fuses out here. Now, here in Calico, we use a system, a bell system, where we will ring a bell, say, three times to alert everybody that um, we're going to do some blasting. We'll do that several times. When we're sure everybody knows, then one guy comes in here, lights the fuses, and runs back out. All right. You guys can turn your lights back on now. Okay. Cold spots. I'm going to tell you guys about cold spot. You're going to be walking through the mine tonight. Maybe you can, you will walk into a ghost or a spirit will walk into you. If you think that's happened, maybe the hairs will raise up on the back of your neck or your arm. If you think that happened, just reach out and see if you can feel a cold spot. It will be like putting your hand in a refrigerator or a freezer. If that happens, just whip your camera up real quick and say, I'm taking a picture. And when you hear that, guys, don't look over there because you'll get flashed out. Yeah, and there ain't nothing you can do but walk to it, unless, of course, it's going to be someone big if you just sit there and look. All right, yeah. here we go. Yeah. 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 Can I go back? That's good. That's good. Just woodland, everybody. Light, light. You gotta shine it down, partner. Okay. Now, right here, I've got a chute that goes up to a level above us. We also have a level below our feet as well. Now, in order to get the ore from the top level down here, a man would push his empty cart here a car and uh, there would be like a cowbell of some sort and he would ring that and alert the guy up there that he's ready to receive the ore. He would pour the full car down here, fill up this ore car and out it would go. They'd hook it to a donkey or a mule or something. Now, <clears throat> remember me telling you about the miners, right? Uh, after they left the mine, they went to Calico. Calico had 22 saloons and gambling houses around here. Hmm. So they did a little drinking, probably too much drinking. And they uh, would come back a little drunk, a little hungover. And instead of eating, they would crawl up these chutes sometimes and sleep. And supposedly a friend of their, their partner was supposed to come wake them up before the start of the shift. Now, it didn't happen in this mine. But the big Silver King mine had lots of these shoots, lots of guys sleeping during their lunch period. And every once in a great while, somebody wouldn't get woken up. They would pour the ore on top of them and kill them. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. So remember, young lady, no drinking whiskey before you come in. The <laughs> All right, here we go. Let's head this way. <laughs>
be a light. Dead man's drift. Okay. Now, crowd up here. Don't fall in. Now, everybody's going to see this. I promise you, if you guys would just crowd up here. Always point your flashlights down, guys, so you don't blind everybody in front of you. Okay. Now, from the top of the ceiling to the bottom of the floor is 52 feet. You're going to notice when you look in here that they did all the blasting around the sides and the ceilings and brought the ore straight down. Now, the miners were so scared that this place was going to come caving down on them at some point that they nicknamed this place Dead Man's Drift, but it never did happen that way. Uh, you'll also notice in here that there's pipes. Every mining operation uses pipes. We used 10 pipes in the early days, uh, except our water is so terrible. It ate through the 10 pipes in about a month or two. So we had our pipes made out of oak. These are oak pipes, 130 years old. If you were to use them today, they would probably still work just fine. I've got a mine shaft that goes all the way to the outside, but we filled that in so people wouldn't come in here at night and get in trouble. Okay, now if you guys want to take some photos, you sure can. And then uh, move back there where Patty's at. zigzaggers, which are the streak of, of uh, uh, orb that moves, and uh, it just moves too fast for being a bug or mm. any of that's cut, because it, like I said, it has to be there. Yeah. It costs like three times the amount of money to get the silver out of the, out of the mines now than it did it's what it's worth. But there's a lot of silver still in these mines. How we doing, LT? Woohoo! Oh, you got one? I got a picture for you. Do you know where my 
my first time up here. everybody there can you hear me okay I came down this way um, after uh, the tours were all over this was quite a few years back and I was picking up the little candles and lanterns and LT was in the other uh, tunnel that we'll be going to here in a short and um, I heard some noise back there by the gate that you all were at and I peeked back there, and I, the lights in the back were different than they are now. They, they were dimmer when all the lights come on during the day. And so I looked back there, and I saw the whole bottom of that gate from the ground up about two feet was completely blackened. Then I could see behind it with a little bit of light. And I thought, what in the world is that? So I started silly me, started walking towards it, and then it moved. And oh boy, I got scared. And I look, I says, who's back there? I said, is somebody hurt? Are you, are you doing okay? And it, you could see the, it was like, I don't know if you can see my hand, but it was like the front part of it just kind of went like this and looked at me, and then it went back. And I thought, uh-oh, I got myself a dog or something back here. So I start talking real nice, sweet. It's okay, Poppy, you just be right there, I'll be right. And then I went and got LT and I came back and of course he was gone. But we have heard toenails on the, on the cement up and down the mine. We have heard dogs barking in this area. I've had um, experiences in the other tunnel of a dog coming running full force towards me, panting, and then stopped and sat right beside me going, <laughs> oh, well, I didn't stay beside him very long. I went and hid behind LT, but that's <laughs> beside the point. We do have women voices in this area. Now, that's really strange because women were not allowed in the mine for obvious reasons, but mainly because it was bad luck or superstitious. And um, I think they were just distracting. Redhead one, redheaded women fascinated the men. And so whenever they saw a redheaded woman, it was like everybody stopped and looked. It was really something. But um, yeah, there was no women, but we hear a lot of women's voices in, in here. Uh, not only me, the guest. Okay, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna walk on a little bit. I wanted to show you guys as you walk by here, this is just what I call it. This is the couch 
And right over here is the, a table or a chair. Okay, I'm just kidding, but that, it looks pretty good, don't it? Everybody look as you walk by <laughs> on the right side. Left side. Yeah, that way too. <laughs> <laughs>
here to the door just to disappear. You stare at her like she's like this garbage in the box. And I looked at her and I said, are you sure it's not you? Yes, it's all gone to wipe the blood. I go for it. Yes, it's all gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's all gone. I'd never seen anything like that in my life, but it was, that's me. I get all excited. <laughs> Do you know for the rest of the time here on our tour, she did not have any Story. I was having a nightmare the other night, and um, this dog, huge dog, was chasing me. And no matter how fast I ran, I knew he was just going to leap up and grab me by the neck and kill me, right? And you know, you, everybody has one of these dreams once in a while. And all of a sudden, the dog leaped through the air to get me, and I woke up in bed. I was panting and sweating. So I got out of bed, went to the bathroom, and started splashing water on my face. And then I noticed it here. Shine the light right here on the neck. Check this out. <laughs> 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 She's like, oh my god. We do that for the Boy Scouts because the Boy Scouts get so scared that they all start crying. And so we do that to, for them. We are, we are going to the line right now. Remember I told you about the colors and the rocks, the metals and stuff? We're going to see them now. So here we go. The Boy Scouts were here last weekend, weren't they? Yes. I've seen them this at the time. They were down in some of the lower levels and the father slipped 
fell down a shaft 125 feet, and by the time that uh, they got him out into the surface, he had died. Now, Elizabeth, the mother, she gathered her seven kids, and they all moved here to Calico and to Daggett, just down the road here. Um, if you're wondering what they're doing in here, they lived in here, actually. They bought up some of the old mines here that weren't being used like this one. Uh, the Mulcahy brothers did, and they renamed this the Maggie after an old Irish love song. Now, uh, it's always cooler, and well, it's always the same temperature right around 68, 72 degrees in the mine year round. Now, uh, in the wintertime, it's, it's a little cooler. They had a pot belly stove. They'd heat the place up with a little bit of wood. All right, now on this side. On this side, I got a guy with an ore cart again. Uh, the way the story goes, there was a young man after the Mulcahy brothers left, found some silver on top of the mountain, showed it to his dad. They reclaimed this one spot, dug down, and found $65,000 worth of silver. Uh, and the Mulcahy's missed it by six feet. If they had put their house on this side, they might have found all that silver. Mm. Words right out of my mouth. <laughs> so, if you notice, right here in front, there is a ladder. See it going up there to the top? Mm. Well, there's part coming from here to up there, and then from there up there. Now, right over here to the right, there is a wooden uh, platform line. Well, it's actually a room. And uh, that was the only entrance that I know of into the tunnel above us. And hey, somebody's got a good light. Yeah. Is that yours? <laughs> yes. Man, that's pretty awesome. And um, this here is the chute where they roll the rocks down. It goes into that barrel there. And they wait up there to the top with a little pulley system. Empty it out for the <coughs> Why it's up there, they can show this little... Uh, or cart over here to your your uh, left, and um, they take that out the front door. Now we had, uh, remember I told you that we had people that after the, their day at work, they have to come back in to make sure that there's nobody in here, the workers. Well, we had one girl that came back here and she was checking the lock. <laughs> The lock on the door right behind the gentleman in the white hoodie. And uh, she was standing here. She says that she felt wind and it was coming towards her and it hit her shoulder right here and it just spun her around. And she looked and there wasn't a soul in here. And she did not believe in spirits until then. <laughs> she, I could hear her mom was standing right in front of me um, down the road. And, and you could hear her on the phone, Mom, I ain't never going in that mine again. No way, no way. You don't know what I saw, Mom. It was the funniest thing. I mean, it was, it was scary. But yeah, it sure did. It hit her right on the shoulder and just spun her around. LT? Okay. Uh, like Patty was telling you, they do the self-guided tours here in the day. Lots of lights in here, things to see. Uh, there was a mother and daughter. The daughter was six years old. They were from uh, Europe. They got about this far and the little girl started screaming and she turned around and ran back out the front door. 
And they were trying to calm her down, and they said, what happened? And the mother says, well, my daughter sees dead people, and she saw a man standing here. Well, about three months later, another mother and daughter from California came through, saw the same guy, and they turned around and walked out as well. Now, we're going to take lots of pictures on the way out, and usually when we take pictures here, we sometimes get a shape or uh, something standing right here. So hopefully that will happen tonight. All right, everybody, we are heading into the mine. There you go. Never mind. Yeah, never mind. Oh, I didn't do that. That's so good. You got it for me. Is that right? That's where? Hey, hello. Okay, everybody, if you want to go up to the gate, there's a summer in there that's great John. You can take pictures. There's also a bird stage in there. Take pictures of Big John. Uh, sometimes you get a red orb on his uh, chest right over his heart. The reason they had bird cages in the mine is uh, you'd get a pocket of natural gas, you couldn't smell it, and uh, that would kill you. So uh, the they would watch the birds, and if the birds fell off the perches, it, it was time to get out of the mine and buy a new bird. Yeah. Because <laughs> their lungs were just little lungs, and so when they got something up, they were too quick, and then they died. And if you look up here at the top, there's some cracks that go across the ceiling here. These are reverse faults. Some of the rock is moving up, and some of the rock is moving down. Everything underground moves in California. <laughs> Okay, yeah, crowd up here, everybody. This is where the original mine is. When Walter Knott and his partner came through, uh, there was a little ladder in a hole that went out. So they went ahead and drilled and dynamited all this out and put in stairs. Now we have an exit. We also have a big fan that recirculates the air. Okay, now uh, that's during the day. Uh, we had a mother and daughter here. The daughter was about 21 years old, and she told me this story. Uh, the fan was making an awful noise, so the mother came up and put her hand on top of the fan. Then she turned around to talk to her daughter for a moment, and when they turned back, right there on top of the fan where her handprint was, was a rock on top, jiggling back and forth. Boy, they saw that and headed straight out. Now, uh, we have gotten great pictures up and down the stairs. In fact, one night, there was a young man here, eight, nine years old. He was shaking. Tears were coming out of his eyes. And uh, the tour guy said, what's the matter, partner? And he says, well, 
right up here on these two steps, there's three fellas standing up there giving me the evil eye. And about that time, everybody took out cameras and started taking pictures. And then he stopped shaking, and the tears stopped coming out, and he said, they're gone. Uh, so we have gotten great pictures up here. Uh, one night, uh, there was a man took a picture, and right up at the top corner on the right, there's this little green gnome, I, I guess. I'm not sure what it was. It was the coolest picture. And you can see all these pictures on our website, calicoghosttour.com. I'm going to get out of the way. If you guys want to take pictures, you're going to come right up to the stairs here and take some pictures. If not, head back towards Patty.
Yeah, it's weird. It, you, twice now you've said that. Yeah. And my tongue's getting a little loopy. <coughs> and I'm coming behind you. I saw something jet across the picture right as I took it. You guys ever, uh, you ever get anybody uh, like bring it, uh, like with tape recorders, ever get any EVP out of here? Get the ghost hunters in here. We got a group coming in tonight. Oh, really? About, they like to come about midnight. Oh, okay. Stay a couple hours. I saw you with the gel from the Bye, Patty. Let's go. Okay. See? I'm looking into. So, like I said, they're had black lights in his, in his bedroom. That was, that was the only light. Watch your ears, this is pretty loud. Yeah. Watch down there. 
Now, the big stamp mills we had here in Calico, the stamps were two feet high, foot across, two of them next to each other going up and down. They would grind the ore into uh, gravel, and they would scoop it up, put it in large metal containers. In the early days, they poured cyanide and mercury on top, and that would extract the silver. Uh, but that stuff was dangerous. You're getting people sick, getting into our groundwater. So they canceled that out, built furnaces, heated up the furnaces to around 2,000 degrees, and that would also extract the silver. Uh, they would take and pour big bars and send everything to the San Francisco Mint. And there they would melt the bars down, uh, refine that to 99.9% and pour coins. So if you find a coin dated 1882 to 1892, uh, and it has an S on it for the San Francisco Mint, there's a 99% chance that that silver right there came from Calico. So keep and if you do not know what to do with it, and you just don't want it, or you, know, you can bring it to me. I'll take care of it for you. I promise I'll take good care. I'll get it where it belongs. All right, buddy, push a button. Oh. Any button you feel like. Yeah, I don't have a rock in my hand. You're good. All right, we're all heading outside. Yeah, girls sit down on the bench. That's where you can have that. Anybody need to sit down? All right, everybody always asks me, how do we get the name Calico? And I'm going to tell you that little secret right now. Back in the day, they were mining in the big Silver King mine behind us. Uh, there was a loud screech and a howl that echoed throughout the entire mine. Well. The men were superstitious. They thought the place was haunted, so out they came, except for one guy who's about this tall, this wide, wasn't scared of anything. He wanted to know what that sound was, so he picked up two big picks, walked back in, began to pick and chisel and head towards that sound. And the closer he got, the louder it became. Finally, 
He broke through and out through the hole came a thousand calico cats that attacked and killed him and ate him. And ate him! No, that's not true. No, it's not true. <laughs> <laughs> it's not true. Actually, in 1882, we hadn't had a name for this place. A uh, lady came to visit. She had this beautiful dress on. Uh, the print and fabric came from India. It was called the calico print. Had the same colors as our big red mountains, the reds, the blacks, the greens, the golds. The miners were so taken back with this dress that they went to a saloon and voted that they were going to name this place Calico after that pretty gal's dress. And that is a true story. Although I do like the cat story. <laughs> <laughs> now we're going to go down to the Chinese ruins a little bit more, and then we're going yeah, to take talk about some Chinese people. Everybody follow out, <laughs> the line leader, you know. <laughs> Everybody just pile up against the rail, too, anywhere you want. Everybody just pile up against the rail. Now, uh, there was about a hundred and fifty or so men, women, and children that lived down here, Chinese people. They weren't allowed to live with uh, other people on the, along the street, so they had to live back here amongst themselves. This was Chinatown. Now, they did all right for themselves. They weren't allowed to work in the mines or anything like that, but uh, they sold their wares and things like that. In fact, they had a Chinese um, restaurant here, which was pretty good from what I understand. And they did the Chinese laundry. Also, they cooked for the big mining companies, so that helped out as well. Um, people come here late at night often and see a man standing right over here by this light pole. Uh, he has long hair. Uh, the Chinese men and boys at that time kept their hair long, didn't cut it, and tied it up on a knot on top of their head. And people have told me that they thought that that could be a Chinese man standing there. On the wall there, we had I saw a young man sitting up there. Now this was probably about 10:30 at night, so I just saw you know the shadow of him, and um, I looked. It took a second to to focus in on him, but right down beside him there was another young boy standing there. And I looked, of course, you know the thing you say is, is everything okay? You know it's pretty late at night. Um, you're not supposed to be in the town. And they both, you could see, they turned their head and looked at me just like he did. Look at that's what the shadow looked like. 
and, and he turned around and looked at me and they disappeared. <laughs> well, they look like Indians. Now, I did some research, LT and I, and we did find out that there were Indians in this area. LT? Yeah, about 50,000 years ago, there was ancient man lived in this area. The Mojave was not a desert. Uh, there was palm trees, pinyon trees, giant lakes. Uh, good hunting, good fishing. This was the place to be 50,000 years ago. You had to sidestep a few saber-toothed tigers, but other than that, this was the place to be. <laughs> and then uh, about the time that the Spanish was coming through California, the lakes dried up, the rivers started to run, and this whole area turned into a desert. Uh, the people that lived here broke up into two groups. One called themselves the Mojaves, the other called themselves Paiutes. They're both Indian tribes, so there were Indians in this area. And um, the Paiutes, I did read a lot of things the Paiutes had in this area back in the 1700s, 1718. Uh, there's lots of paperwork on them. Yeah, yeah, everybody follow LT. We're going to go over to the Chinese rooms and the the left is the original courthouse. That is the Lane House. That's where Lucy Lane and John Lane lived until they died. Across the street is their general store.
Welcome back to Stories of the Dark. I am Glenn Clark, and you've been listening to the Calico Ghost Town Ghost uh, Tours, and that was the uh, Maggie Mine Tour that we took on January 26th. I uh, hope you also enjoyed all the stories that were told, and and uh, also uh, our tour guide, LT, who scared the bejesus out of a little girl uh, during uh, one of those stories, which... Uh, yeah, we uh, we all got a laugh out of it, but um, but we did feel bad for the little girl because she almost uh, cried in that one. Uh, also, during that uh, recording, um, I we picked up uh, something that uh, I know myself I didn't say, and nobody else around our group said. Uh, it was when he was talking about uh, Tommy Knockers, and we were moving forward in the tour uh there was a voice on the recording that said hello and it sounds like me but i don't remember saying that and if you listen to the recording closely when you hear me talk i had the recorder in like uh, my front pocket in a jacket so every time i talked it sounded real close and this sounded kind of far away so um uh, that I mean, we neither one of us can explain. So, um, you know, just part of the recording that I thought was interesting. So, um, so yeah, take uh, take a close listen to that. And if you'd like to comment, you can comment on in the comment section below. Uh, as always, you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, Again, we have the uh, Patreon account for members-only content, and and la uh, later uh, tonight we're going to be doing a live um, EVP session, Spirit Box session. I've uh, put uh, many different apps on uh, uh, two, uh, two uh, old uh, cell phones that I'm not using anymore except for uh, stuff like this, so I want to try out some of the new apps that I've found and if also if you have any uh, suggestions for ghost hunting apps uh, some that would be really good uh, you can uh, comment let me know those as well or also send or just send it to my uh, email that's uh, at stories of the dark one at gmail.com that's stories of the dark one at gmail.com and as I said uh, we have um, uh, members only content on my patreon account that's at patreon.com slash stories of the dark also at buy me a coffee that's uh, buy me a coffee.com slash stories of the dark and 
and uh, right now I'm going to go ahead and uh, bring you the schoolhouse tour. Um, that was interesting and in that we got to actually go inside the old uh, schoolhouse there at Calico Ghost Town and uh, sit in the desks and and uh, we were given chalkboards to, you know, uh, well, we wrote down just like a little math problem uh, thing and uh, the, our tour guide Patty tried to act like a school teacher and she did a very good job and and also shared a couple of good stories so I uh, hope you enjoy those uh, I'll come back after this and we'll wrap up the program I'm Glenn Clark this is stories of the dark Show named Beretta. Hi, baby. Are you going to follow us? That's 
Oh, the floating oh, yeah. head because they said that, you know, walkway covered it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's why I probably didn't know see the head. Tonight, sometime, I, I feel it that we're going to see some ghosts, so everybody keep their eyes open tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a ghost! <laughs> Two of them! <laughs> yeah, now you can't say you didn't see a ghost on this tour tonight. 
And do you even found out about the, the little phrase that a bug said? Yes. Booby. 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 What about them teachers? Waking up those kids. Kidnappers, huh? man. Stop that kidnapping. down and said there's a little girl down there it looks like she's playing hopscotch she was bending over picking up the rocks around it and hopping up well nobody saw it but this lady so but they took pictures and some of the pictures showed some orbs and some shapes down here now patty has seen that little girl all over calico chinese ruins especially yes a lot of people seen this little girl playing hopscotch yeah don't be afraid to take pictures seem to get a lot of paranormal activity. Sometimes your phones, cameras will turn off for no reason. Always tell people just go someplace else in Calico and about 90% of the time they turn right back on. Okay, gather around up here, everybody. Come on, gather up here. I won't bite you. There you go. Everybody come up here. I'm gonna, just don't go past me. Okay. Uh, schoolhouse. We were doing a tour in there about a couple months ago, and somebody saw 
of, of a shadow figure, uh, and a man run, walked by those windows there. A lot of people saw it. And on that night, we had a security guard with us, so we called her. She came up and saw a man standing up against that corner. She went after him. They both went around the building, came out, and the man disappeared right in front, and she was just standing there like, what just happened? Huh. Um, I was the one who saw that shadow person. <laughs> that shadow. Okay, thank you. Okay, everybody, you're going to watch this first step right here. It's a Lulu. Get it? Okay. Um, so when you get up here to the end of the bridge, you're going to stay there again to the left. Yeah, don't fall into the... the gully or we're going to leave you. Right, mm. because if huh. you go to the right, you're going to the gully. Once yeah, there is a pole, a you're going to yeah, use the right. pole and the building and don't go past the pole, okay? Everybody, so let's go. All right, guys, go ahead. to the pole. Watch those rocks right here. We've got several of them sticking up. Yeah, be careful. She starts counting. One, two, three. Everybody was hiding. Seven, eight, nine, ten. And she looked up. Oh my goodness, everybody was gone. She didn't really understand the rules. So she started yelling at them. Everybody, I'm scared. Where'd you go? She says, I'm getting scared. And she's 
start looking for everybody, and she got closer and closer and closer, and she got too close to the edge. She slipped and fell all the way to the bottom. She hit her head on some rocks and screamed. That brought everybody out, and they all ran down there, and they got her and picked her up, the teachers and everything, and they ran her across the bridge over to her mama, and her mama out in the front yard, just sitting there, just holding her baby, just crying, and her, and her baby just slowly passed away right there in her arms. Well, after the funeral, the mama came back and sat right here at the table where the little girl was last seen. And she cried and she cried, and, and all the kids, they loved the little girl. And they all came around the mom and they were doing her hair, holding her hand, and, and hugging her, trying to console her for day after day after day. Well, as time went on, just like all of us, the mama left the neighborhood, she went back to her children and family. And the years come flying by and we get to where we are today. And the groups that we've taken on our tours have started to change. About three, four months ago, I think it was closer to three and a half months, I was telling this story. And I got to crying so badly because I was touching it. And my foot was down there from a foot problem. And I just started crying. I couldn't even stop. I couldn't tell the rest of the story. And uh, then people in the group started saying they were feeling hugged and hands curled up in their hands. And a lot of people through the, the years that we've had this tour says that they do feel their children's hands just standing in between them. Now this story is very, very old and it's been told in so many ways but as it all boils down to still they just don't leave where they come over here. Now, we do have uh, permission to be inside the schoolhouse. Which is a privilege, I believe, because the schoolhouse is always there. Now, um, San Bernardino gave us that permission, so if you would please respect all that you see in there, and uh, sit down to a seat, and we should have enough chairs inside there. Uh, try not to take pictures during the time when I get to tell them my ghost stories. <laughs> if you need to, just tell me so I can at least smile. Mm -hmm. And um, then we'll have a little time afterwards, after class, for you to take care of it. Okay, Okay. I'm going to turn my little light on. Everybody use your lights because the rocks are really, really bad up to the, the porch. Now, LT, I'll direct you up that way. So if you'd all move up towards the steps and go inside the schoolhouse, please. Grab a seat.
take the chocolate?
something up with this bridge I'm telling myself. And I'm talking, okay, what's happening here? And at that moment, as I stand on the other side of the bridge, I saw a little girl. She was right there at the corner of the schoolhouse. She looked kind of like my coat right there. It's just a black little figure. You could see it was a person. And she had her back towards me, standing up there. First thing I do, mother just said, are you okay, sweetheart? You know you're not supposed to be here out to yourself like this. You need to find mom and dad and you leave. She didn't turn around. And I said, sweetheart. And then I realized something was up. So I came across the bridge. Then you think about it. As I was standing to try to get a little girl, well, I got across the bridge. I could have been away from this girl. And then I looked and I saw the bridge again. And I walked towards her. And as I got close, I started to see the ground behind her. And the trees, and I knew 
She likes to sit out there on the steps, and several of the school kids do. And when they're younger kids or teenagers, where they come and sit on those steps out there, they like to put their hand on the shoulder, not to scare them, just to kind of get that feeling that they get they're not alone, and they want people to know that they were here, and that they. children over these years that we've been here that have said that this has happened to them. There's also little girls that play out in the front here. People say when they walk up, they see the little girls playing, but they don't recognize. And uh, then when they walk up and crunch on the dirt, they just go like crazy, and then they run, lickety-split, right up the stairs and into this door while people come to get, they come and they look and they see that that door is locked or it's locked. And then they come walking around and look inside and they don't see anybody in there, but those little girls came from through that door. And um, they do see, they have got pictures of shadow, white shadows in here. Um, they've got pictures of dark shadows. Um, it is really amazing the pictures that we've got. I've got seven of them. Now, the, there was a lady that was uh, in the bridge one day, and she, after she was done, she came into the shop and told me this. She said that she saw something run around the bridge. She said she thought it was a dog. And then it came back out, and it was a little boy, the shadow of a little boy. And it ran up the side of the building and crossed the front of the, the store out there. She said she went clicking after it, and she didn't see a soul's face there. Checked inside, checked the door was locked. She says she did not remember what it was. She says, I couldn't get a picture. She says, I wish I had been faster. Okay, I'm going to turn my flashlight on and I want everybody to look at the back of the schoolroom. See this door there? The winding thing. And over here is another door. That's two. The one in the middle was the school teacher's office. She or her different things were the supplies, the bell that she pulled. I got my thing going this way. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I would like to know by raising your hands if any of you know why. There are two doors into this little building. 
Okay, we have about five festivals around the year here. One of them is Halloween, and we're open up till 10 o'clock at night. And of course, the schoolhouse is all locked down. And one year, there were some kids that came to wanted to see inside. They were looking through the window, and they saw a white light moving across the floor here. Well, kind of scared them, so they went back, uh, got some adults. The adults came up here. They were looking through. They didn't see anything. Uh, another one of our tours is uh, Civil War. Civil War, there you go. Thank you. Civil War Festival, and that's coming up in uh, February, uh, middle of the month. Lots of cannons, lots of battles. Uh, the Confederates used to camp around this house, the schoolhouse, about 10 years ago, and the Union would camp down at the bottom of this house in the big empty lot. Well. <clears throat> One night they heard a noise, and of course everybody ran to the window and looked through, and they saw that white light moving across the floor. And then it came up, touched the school blackboard here, and disappeared. Well, the adults, they thought somebody was playing a joke on them, so they went around, checked the windows, checked the doors, they were all locked, and they couldn't see anybody inside. 
Well, then that scared the kids. And the next morning, uh, they broke camp and they moved across the bridge, and that's where they set up ladders across the bridge over there. Um, this happened when I was there, probably about uh, seven years ago, eight years ago. There was this lady, she had this little electric three wheel scooter, and it was coming uptown. She was taking pictures, having a good old time. And she wanted to go to the schoolhouse. So she got about halfway across the bridge and her scooter died. Went from full to zero, just like that. Well, luckily for her, there were three big guys up here. They helped her off, picked up her scooter, took it back across the bridge and set it down. As soon as that happened, it went from zero to full again. She hopped back up on it and took off down the street. So if you're ever walking in Calico or any place else, and your phone or your camera dies, probably not the batteries, okay? Just move someplace else, it'll always come back. Um, 
these young ladies that were coming in, they were getting snapped up just like that from the miners, so they decided they were leaving them to do it. So they had, they brought in the assistant. Rocky came in in April of 80, 1884. And uh, so he did a very good job from what I understand. And because he was a male, uh, and she was married, they didn't quite took care of everything and he was the school teacher. Now if he wasn't, he would go have a one night a week where he could court a woman, one night. And Sunday, of course, they could have Sunday school and Sunday off. But that's all they could do to court was one, one day. $70 or $110 was what these school teachers would make. And out of that, they had to take a little bit of money and they had to put it away for their old age so that they wouldn't be a burden on their family or on society. Because they still had money after they retired. Now my daughter's married. So we do have, they have some really weird rules for the teachership. No makeup, but female, not a male. These are female. No makeup, they couldn't color their hair. They couldn't do anything pretty or fancy with it. Um, if they rode in a, a cart or a buggy wagon with a man, that man had better be the father or the brother. If it was any other man, even a, a soldier, it was a dependent husband. And they could lose their job at that stature. Just saying. They were messing around. They could not walk around in public. Men couldn't smoke cigars or drink. Teachers couldn't do that in public either. And it was really no bright colors, always dark, or a white shirt and, and a dark dress. Um, now, we did have these two uh, British Tupperware came here one day. And uh, uh, the story, you want to tell that story, Archie? Sure. Okay, uh, there's a British couple here uh, having a good time. We get a lot of people from England here anyway, and they were taking pictures up and down the street. They came up to the schoolhouse and they met this woman. She was dressed like Patty, like a school teacher, and uh, she told them the history of the school and the, all about the kids and everything that went on here, and they just loved this lady. And so they were taking pictures of the schoolhouse, pictures of each other, and pictures of the school teacher. Well, they left, went back home, and they sent their pictures out to be processed. This was in the 70s, so if you had a camera, you had film in it. And uh, when they got their pictures back, they were looking through, and they had pictures of Calico, pictures of each other, pictures of the schoolhouse, but no pictures of the school teacher. So they called down here at the office, and they said, on that day, uh, did you have somebody dressed up as a school teacher here? And they said, no, we don't do that anymore. And she told them that her name was Margaret Oliver, and she was the last school teacher here in Calico. She died in 1936, and she's buried in our cemetery. Mm -hmm. It's in the cemetery, well, maybe not at night, but if you're here during the day, that would be white cross on it, and uh, it's surrounded by a uh, rock wall. And those are real people that are buried here. Uh, they're buried inside that um, cemetery. Okay, I keep 
thinking I start a riot at two or three minutes ago and I keep thinking of it. I'm sorry. Um, LP right now is going to do this here. We would like you to write this down on your chalkboard. If you haven't already done it. If you haven't already done it, yeah. It's seven goes into 91. And the other one is 32. 32,000 pounds equals how many tons? Simple like seven into twenty-eight. How's that? That's pretty simple. All right. Now, uh, all of you who are in math class. Did they tell you the name of the division sign? Does anybody know the name of the division sign? No. Well, I'll write it up here for you. Uh, it's called the Gazenta sign because seven Gazenta twenty-eight. Now you're with me. Stay with me now. Uh, seven goes into 28 how many times? Four. Four. Oh, well, if you guys were in my class, you'd be sitting in this dump, uh, dump chair right here. Yeah, no, seven does not go into 28 four times. Seven goes into 28 13 times. Right? Oh, I can see that confused look on your face. Well, let's figure this out. I'll show you how this works. Seven does not go into two, so forget about that two right now. But seven does go into eight one time. One times seven is seven. Eight minus seven is one. Now, remember that two we couldn't use. We can use that now, so I'm going to bring that down here. Seven goes into 21 how many times? Three times. Three times seven is 21. I got a big fat zero there. Seven goes into 28, 13 times, right? You see it right there, black right and white? There, black and white. <laughs> and I can tell that you all are a little confused about this style of math. But how do we check math with math? Am I correct? So if I take seven times 13, it'll equal 28, right? So let's do that. Seven times 13, help me out here, guys. Seven times three is how much? 21, that is right. <clears throat> seven times one is seven. Add them together, what do you got? 28. 28, that's right, because seven goes into 28, 13 times. Now, it gets better. Uh, everybody's still a little confused, and I would be too, but uh, we'll break this down to the very simplest math of all, and that's addition. So I'm going to take 13, write it up here seven times, and we are all going to add this together, just to prove it to you. One, two, three, four, four five, six, six, and seven. seven. Okay, help me out here. 
the back, the back of the truck. That was which is called the, the truck now back then it was called the wagon box. Now this first part seven is under arithmetic. Number two. A wagon box is two feet deep, ten feet long, and three feet wide. Now how many bushels of wheat do you think that holds? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I found out from a lady that each one of those bushels weigh about thirty-two pounds. Now, that's gonna take a lot of math, but now you gotta figure out how much they weigh, how big they are, and oh boy, that's gonna take me longer than five hours to do. Back then, everybody knew what a bushel was. Today, today we just don't know what a bushel is. A bushel is just it's kind of <laughs> so wrapped up, wrapped up with a piece of string around it, kind of like hay, and it was wheat. And they had little out in the fields. They had these little wheat things all over. You know, with the little thing around. You probably saw them on TV, like on the Aristocats. You know, you see them little wheat. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll see how we know that that is the end of our class time today. Now, we are going to go Whoa, look at that book. <laughs> we are going to go outside and we're going to get a, um, just, just a few more things. But now, this is your time right now to get up and move around. You're going to take pictures of any pictures that are on the wall. Take pictures. These are all original pictures. I'm sorry, guys. I'm not a very good teacher. Hey, folks. Uh, we're going to take a class picture as well, but since we have so many, I think we'll do that outside today. Thank you, Larry. It's so hard.
Okay, guys, we're going to go out. And everybody is going to uh, take a picture right now at the bottom. Everybody stay out right in front of the storehouse. Remember, there is a ditch out there, so they're not going to go back. GhostTours.com and tell them the day that you were on the tour in the schoolhouse tour, and they will send you this picture for free through your website. Yep, this is a really nice picture. Okay. Yep. I don't see anything unusual in it, and that's a good thing. You're right. This is Aaron's one. Now you can go on Calico Ghost Tour.
Facebook.com and you can get a copy of this. You just request it and you can get a copy of it. It's a really nice picture. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, right over here, you're going to see the house in the background here, so don't freak out, okay? <laughs> Okay, before they built, after they built the bridge here, guys, the, the boys would hide under the bridge, and when people would walk across, they would throw little stones at people. Now, when we walk across the bridge now, people often feel little stones hitting them in the feet as well. So, uh, we still get that. Okay, everybody walk. Remember, there's a lot of nasty little rocks here. When you get to the other side, stay there. Don't move on. <laughs> I think that's how I did most of my math too. I never talked anything. Hey guys, hey everybody, if you look across the way here, there's a cabin. Okay, uh, all the miners that worked up in the Silver King mine, they uh, camped in tents, most of them in the canyon. Now, one or two of them could afford, had a little extra money to build a little cabin like this. This is a true story. One night there was a man in his cabin. Uh, the doors were open, the windows were open. It was in the middle of the summer hot and he was sleeping and all of a sudden he woke up, he was being attacked by a ghost, actually fought with the ghost. Then he rolled out of bed, ran down to the canyon and told his friends that he had just been attacked by a ghost. 
and they thought maybe he'd been drinking a little bit too much whiskey. <laughs> but just in case, one of them brought a gun. They came back to his cabin, walked in. There's a little table in the middle of the floor, and right in the middle of the table was a big white goose. It had flown in and was uh, <laughs> fighting with them in the bed. Uh, my question was, uh, did he make friends with the goose, or was it a goose dinner the next day? Mm, goose dinner sounds so good right now. All right, come on, here we go. <laughs> and then he got made a pulling out of the Stop at that restroom. We'll wait for you. Got a little too close. Anybody who needs to use the restroom, let's use it right now. Might as well. wait till we get down to the bottom of the couch, that matter. And welcome back to Stories of the Dark. I am Glenn Clark, and that was the schoolhouse tour of uh, the ghost uh, tour that Black Circle Girl and I took on January 26th. And uh, I hope you enjoyed the stories that uh, that uh, was shared during that, as well as the uh, the the math problem that uh, our tour guide uh, LT shared with us. Uh, that was quite interesting. Uh, to be a part of that it was also interesting to sit in those uh, old uh, uh, desks uh, that you know uh, in fact um, we took some pictures uh, as we were leaving and uh, I, I believe I, t I took a picture of the desk that I sat in and um, it was uh, it was quite interesting it kind of took me back to my uh, to when when I was a, a kid in, in school and um, uh, we also took a uh, like a class uh, photo uh, outside of the schoolhouse, and that's uh, posted on uh, 
on the uh, Calico Ghost Tours uh, website. You can have a look at that, and you'll you'll see myself and uh, Black Circle Girls standing in the back. And and for some reason, I'm the one with glowing eyes. I don't know why that happened, but I definitely saw that I had glowing eyes. So uh, no, I'm not a ghost, or I wasn't possessed or anything. So, but it was fun to look at. So anyway, uh, I, uh, as always, I do appreciate your support of the program and hope you will continue to support us. Um, again, thank you to my over 500 uh, followers now on Twitter. I appreciate each and every one of you. And, uh, and uh, as you go around, like if you're, if you're in the uh, Southern California area and some of the different uh, establishments that we frequent we uh, put out our business cards and and uh, hopes of uh, gaining more listeners um, if you happen to run across uh, some of those pick them up and on the back have all of our links um, if you happen to pick them up and don't you know, want want them at the at the time don't throw them away in fact pass them along to somebody else that that might be interested and can uh, can uh, you you know use them because um, uh, like uh, my it has all of my websites uh, black circle girl has all of her uh, links as well and uh, any support for her would also be appreciated she does very good work and uh, I'd like to see see her uh, sales improve uh, a lot more so and and again uh, we I also as I mentioned before I have uh, exclusive members only content on patreon that's patreon.com slash stories of the dark and also on buy me a coffee that's at buymeacoffee.com slash stories of the dark uh, my sh old older shows and uh, this one is also on Podomatic Pinecast and SoundCloud um, uh, I also have a, a Tumblr account. I I have pretty much uh, a pretty much social media covered. So, and um, as I said before, you can also follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, if you like the what you hear, you can also like and subscribe to me on YouTube. Um, I believe I'm up to either 12 or 13 subscribers. Thank you to all of you who uh, have subscribed and who who will subscribe <laughs> sorry about that okay with that i'm going to go ahead and end the program so i'm glenn clark and this has been stories of the dark have a great night everyone